They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the Mic. We are back for another episode of Moody on the Mic. It's a Group 1 edition. Group 1 Racing returns to Victoria this weekend. And what a first up performance from Moody on the Mic. Because the words got back to me from Kuwait. They were wrapped with that performance. Saudi Arabia also. And just as well, you never know uh, what might happen if the Saudis aren't happy. The Hungarians loved it. The Germans too. In all seriousness, Moods, 24 countries, no word of a lie, Moody on the mic got to last week. Global phenomenon, probably a bit of a stretch, but, um, you know, we have reach. Well, listen, uh, undoubtedly so. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Like, we're like arse cheeks. We're, you know, we come back together and we just work. Um, you know, how lovely is that? And 24 countries have appreciated our arse cheeks. So that's just beautiful. Uh, Group one racing back, Moody on the mic back, springers in the air as we hunker down for another rainstorm here in Victoria. The Moody stable doesn't like the wet, as, we, uh, as we'll as we see. We'll find out as we go towards uh, this weekend as to how many you scratch. You're getting into John Sadler like territory with uh, nominating, oh. accepting and scratching. <laughs> I, I did mention that to my neighbour Sads this morning. I said there has been rumours that uh, people are trying to claim I'm like you. I had... Five in at Sandown today, withdrew four of them, ran the one that I hope might have handled the wet, and he still didn't handle it either. So he'll be, it'll be a five out of five if they go to the races again next time and it's wet. But, uh, oh, listen, you, you don't want to waste runs with horses. You don't want to pull the guts out of them unnecessarily on testing ground if they're not going to handle it. And uh, we move on. It's early stages of the spring. There's a lot of it to go, Rog. Rain man, we saw Animo return on the weekend first up and win the Group One Wing Stakes. Is it was that the run you took out of that race as the one to watch moving forward? Profondo, of course, finished off beautifully in third. He looks to have found some good form as well. Which ones are you going to be following out of that Group One as we move toward the, the deeper end of the spring? All right, you certainly can't knock anything that Animo did, Rog. I think we saw after the race, James Cummings was quite emotional. I think he was pleased to see his horse return to uh, in a semblance of his best form. And I think that gives him uh, a good benchmark to, to move forward off here, Animo, uh, as he heads to his ultimate goal that is the Ludbrokes Cox Plate. Profondo was good. Uh, good to see him back to a semblance of his best form as well. But I think maybe the run of the race, Rog, is the horse you haven't mentioned, Fangirl. Uh, ran all the best closing sectionals. She drew wide. They went a long way back. She was set uh, a mammoth task, and uh, she stormed home. I think if she settles a bit closer, she gives Animo a bit of a race there, and uh, she looks like the. I'm happy to label her as clearly the horse to beat for the Epsom Handicap. Uh, we know Chris Waller's got an outstanding record in that race. Uh, imagine she'll follow a similar path to a horse like Collective. Uh, probably a couple of years ago where she'll go to an Epson handicap, then head into a Golden Eagle as well. So I think Fangirl, uh, a horse I labelled last week as a, a horse to follow this spring, I think she's in for a massive preparation. And uh, I've uh, had a little ticket on her in the Epson handicap. Mytho, Rosemont have obviously stepped up their merch game because you've got a big fluffy Rosemont coat on, a Rosemont beanie. You know it's a podcast, don't you? You don't need to merch up. Oh, I'm, well, I'm also aware that it's about four degrees outside and uh, the heat is just not keeping up with things here at the Rosemont office. So uh, I'm rugged up to the nines and the only thing I could find was our own merch. So that'll do. That'll keep me warm. Um, we might give one of these beanies away. What do you reckon, Rog? Can I have one first before we start giving them away? You've got my address too, Mitha. Let's not get, let's not, let's not give the listeners too much just yet. 
Only got them this week. So, yeah, maybe we'll give one up. See how lucky I'm feeling in our um, best bet seg- uh, segment later on the podcast. Well, that was the only word back from overseas was that we could probably lift in the best bet segment. Rain Man mentioned last week he wants to keep us accountable. He ran second. I ran second. Uh, yours is still going at Ballarat. And, uh, mm. and Moods, Munga didn't, uh, didn't fire a shot in the wing stakes, unfortunately. Well, you could probably say every horse in the Wink Stakes bar Mahunga you would follow in the race. I think Stockman ran second last and ran the best last 200 metres. Benno from the O'Shea stable, he was a slashing run the grey. It was hard to miss him. But we we probably all looked away from the obvious. Uh, Animo was the best horse in the race. And kudos to Cummings, Godolphin, bringing him back as a four-year-old. And he's won a group one. And great credit to James Cummings, you know, to keep an entire up three seasons in a row and win a group one on each occasion, big performance. Uh, and, you know, why look away from the obvious? The best run in the race, plain and simple, was the winner. He was just dominant, too good. And I would suggest it's going to be the first of probably quite a few group ones for the spring for Animo. Yeah, absolutely. And may all culminate with, as Raymond mentioned, the Ladbroke Scots played. He's going to be worth an absolute fortune if that meant shit all when you're owned by a good offer. Exactly. He'll, he'll, he'll go to start and he'll command a... A, um, a a big old fee, but um, he won't get traded if he was if he was available for sale. He'd be sort of the forty fifty million dollar job, wouldn't he? Moods uh, on potential earnings, but um, the great thing is that we get to enjoy him, you know. And and hey, look, uh, I'm you know in gla- in my glass Rosemont house, we're we're looking to you know make make money out of these stallions, and the only way to do it is to have him in the breeding bar, not on the racetrack. And we unfortunately, from a business point of view, have to you know make those sacrifices. But it's great that um, groups like Godolphin uh, are around and, and support the sport and we see these champions race on. I think he's the first horse in sort of 20, 25 years, isn't he, Rayman, that's uh, won a group one at, at two, three and come back at four to win one as well. First Colt anyway in about uh, yeah, a couple of decades at least. Yeah, well, he's done a, a two. He won a spring, uh, a group one as a spring three-year-old, a group one as an autumn three-year-old. Now is a group one as four. So it really is very impressive. And uh, Mitho is absolutely right. He, uh, if he's owned by ninety-five percent, I'd say other um, owners in, in the country, he'd be he'd be standing at stud right now. But because it's Godolphin, they they do like to raise their horses. They, I think, even if he won that Lagbrokes Cox Plate last year. Uh, we wouldn't be seeing him either. But I think they've, they feel like they've got un, unfinished business with Australia's best race. So they're very keen to get that Ladbrokes Cox played on his CV. One horse that we weren't sure we were going to see this spring, but we are, is the one-time pride of Queensland, Alligator Blood, who is a transferred ownership over to uh, Jerry Harvey. Uh, he'll race on. So hopefully there'll be some prize money for Jerry. He's, he's been uh, facing a pretty tough time of late. Uh, but Alligator Blood, Rayman, uh, you must be right. He was your favourite horse there for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, I love the Gator. And I think it's good for racing to have him back. You can Obviously, there's a, a lot of noise around Alligator Blood. We don't need to get into the, the situation uh, with his ownership. But from a pure racing standpoint, he's a, a very good horse. And the best thing is that he's a gelding. So if we can keep him fit and sound for a long time, he's going to have a long career. And he's going to add uh, a lot of excitement to, I think, especially these Group 1 races over 1,400 metres. I, I generally think the horse's best trip is 1,400 metres. We saw him win an Australian Guineas on class. He went very close into Caulfield Guineas on class over 1,600 metres. But uh, 1,400 metres, I think, he's got is his go. And he's got Memsies, CFOs, uh, Futurity Stakes. Is there. His race is to win, in my opinion. And I think he'll be right there in the mix in the Memsies Stakes on Saturday. 
be, be interesting to see how they valued him and uh, what uh, monetary value was placed on him as a gelding uh, in now in his five-year-old season. Uh, but uh, good luck, Jerry Harvey. He's a great man for racing in Australasia. Races a lot of horses uh, in Australia and New Zealand. So, uh, no, yeah. Listen, he probably pulled it out of the ashtray, but good God bless him. He's a, he's a great breeder, great man for racing. No room for any cash in your ashtray, Moose. That's the only difference. No. <laughs> As he sucks on his third dart of the podcast so far. Um, Eight minutes in. The, the, the other horse, um, you know, that, that's that's great for racing and, and owned by guys that uh, put a lot in, uh, very elegant, went around. I'm not sure if you had that on the agenda to chat about uh, there, Rog, but... Um, it was it, it was a messy, muddly sort of race. Um, I stayed up uh, to to watch her go around in uh, the the Grand Prix Romanet or whatever it was called in uh, Deauville there in in France, Group One, two thousand meter event. And I'd never been so flat to watch uh, a Star Spangled Banner win a Group One race. It was uh, it was it was his fourth Group One winner um, for Star Spangled Banner. But I was I was watching for those now green colours to come flashing down the outside and gather momentum and. Um, it wasn't to be for, for very elegant. Rayman, did you assess that race uh, in, in your, um, with, with your, the Ladbrokes floor and, and where have you got very elegant now? Yeah, it's an interesting one now with very elegant. I think on initial viewing, you were sort of thinking, okay, this is, this is serious trouble, especially on the back of what was not her best uh, audit campaign. But when you do look at the race, you look at the sectionals, it, as you said, it was a, a very ugly race. It was they ran, went very slow. She was left with a, a very big task late, and she certainly didn't shirk the task. Like she was still thereabouts in the finish. So uh, I certainly wouldn't be putting the pen through her. Uh, it's her first run in a, in a new country with a new trainer. There's uh, she's had a, she's been through a fair bit uh, in the lead up to that run. So I certainly wouldn't be putting the pen through her yet because uh, we know that she's a very good mare. If she can return to a semblance of the best form we saw. Um, in Australia, there's no reason she can't be competitive in some of these lower grade French Group One. So I'm not w- willing to uh, to give up on her yet. I'll be hoping to uh, hopefully we get a bit of a price for, for about her next start, and I'll, and I'll be happy to back her because I think she definitely did have plenty of excuses uh, the other night. Yeah, certainly. So you'd, you'd uh, I, I don't know the rules of racing in France, but uh, you'd love to see a pacemaker engage for her. I'm not sure that they're allowed in France like they are in Europe and Ireland. They ran 208. They ran 68 the first thousand. Uh, you know, that's snail's pace. Like, she ran fourth in a Cox Plate uh, and they ran 201. Uh, you know, the first 2,000 metres of the Melbourne Cup, they ran 202. Uh, you know, but still, you would have liked to have seen her run past one or two of them. That, that was probably the disappointing fact that she didn't nail a couple of them late on the line. So... Uh, Good luck to him for having a throw at the stumps. Let's hope she can bounce back next time and show some resemblance of her form being an 11-time Group 1 winner. Uh, but I think everyone respects her age and the miles that she's done. Question for Rayman and for Moods. Do you for a second believe that Mitho brought up to talk about Barry Alligan or just wanted to sneak a Star Spangled Banner mention in? And two, do you think he was genuinely flat to the Star Spangled Banner 1? Because I'm not buying that for a second. Yeah, that was very shrewd work from Mytho. We know that he uh, sometimes he's a bit obvious with his uh, Seamus Award references, but that was some of his – that was A-plus from Mytho. Mytho's in uh, peak spring form early spring, so uh, well played to Mytho there. And uh, I guess we have to leave it in because Moods and I did make some really good points afterwards, Rods, but normally we, <laughs> we just cut that one straight out. Just very disappointing that Mytho doesn't get his hands back on Star Spangled Banner this spring because uh, 
He's a horse that I bred to pretty solidly last year and unfortunately he's not coming back to the Australian shores uh, this year and uh, and I unfortunately lost a Star Spangled Banner during the week that Anthony kindly sort of donated the vet fees and all those things back to me and service fees and all that being the big-hearted stud master that he is for a, for a great supporter of the farm. Can't believe you haven't asked yet. <laughs> still coming though, isn't it? It's still coming, Petey. You just haven't had a chance to make that call. I just know the generosity of uh, yourself, Mitho. I'll see a beautiful, uh, big love heart on my next account from Rosemont uh, Breeding Farm. <laughs> and, and with that account, there'll be a new Rosemont beanie. Here we have a mate dedication from Scott to Johnny. Over to you, Scott. Jono, you've got some questionable banner at times. Oh man, did you butcher the speech at both of Tim's weddings. And you barrack for the worst footy team. But mate, you nailed last weekend's multi. Love you, big fella. Good on you, Scott. Try Labroke's mates mode to chat, share and bet together. Thank you for being a friend. T's and C's apply and a on website. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We had some questions about a certain horse called Alligator Blood that's, that's going to end up... Uh, racing on Saturday in the Memsey Stakes now because it's been saved by the Miracle Man. And we call him the Miracle Man, don't we, Moods, in, uh, in, in the racing game because Jerry Harvey is exactly that. When, you, when you're involved with Jerry, magic miracles happen. G'day, Jerry. Um, you're being kind to me. You've never done that before. Oh, what's, yeah. what, what's going on? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm here with a um, you know a couple of couple of blokes from Ladbrokes, the Rain Man, and Roger Aldridge and Peter Moody, and there's we've got listeners in in Kuwait, haven't we, Rog? Where else have we got listeners? All over the world, Hungary, yeah. Spain. Yeah, yeah, mate. I could imagine you're world world class, and you've got a world class audience, and it runs into millions. I'm sure it does. It does. Um, and um, and we've got Peter Moody. Say good day, Moody. G'day, boss. How you going, mate? I like your beard, your uh, glasses and beard. You've become, you've become uh, somewhat sophisticated, way beyond anything that I would have ever imagined. Thank um, you. No, that's uh, that was the look I was after, and uh, you know, listen, we're represented in twenty-four countries last week, nearly as many uh, countries as you've got stores in, I'd reckon, uh, Harvey Norman. But uh, I just want to know: Did you purchase Alligator Blood just to win the Magic Millions Mamsie Stakes to get your own money back? Well, what I did, I I sold him for fifty-five or sixty-five thousand because I passed him in. You went and looked at him, and you said yeah. I don't like him. And then I had Andrew Nixon came up and he had a look and he said, Moods doesn't like him, I don't like him. I said, okay, okay. So I passed him in. And then I got this bloke, Andrews, comes up and he doesn't know anything about horses. So he's a mug. So I got him. And so he took the horse. But I thought, oh, that'll be the end of that. Anyway, it turns out it's alligator blood. And so no one liked it. And he's this champion horse. They... So it just goes to show you, you know, you get all the experts in the world go to the horse sales, but they miss it sometimes. And this horse they missed, he's a bloody champion. So I've got all his, I've got all his sisters, uh, brothers, relations, and I've got all two-hearted studs. So I thought to myself, but that horse is never going to race again. I've got to step in and do something. So I spoke to uh, Andrews and I said, mate, I'll, I'll buy you out if you like. And and so he said, yeah, yeah, okay, because I can't race it. I've tried everything else. 
so I bought him out and now I've got his um, his partners. They own 40%, I own 60%. So being the big-hearted bastard that you are, you gave yep. him his 50% of the 55000 back and took the horse. God, you're a great bloke. Well, generosity is one of my uh, attributes, and and so I've learned I've learned that of of people like you, my association, and uh, and I'm thankful for your uh, tuition, and and uh, the fact that over the years you've been a, a real mentor to me. I I feel very privileged. Thank you very much. So now, how many horses you got in work with uh, with Gay with Gay Waterhouse? Um. Well, I've always got one or two with her, um, and I've, I've over the years I've always had something with her. Uh, if I when I get to the stage I've got nothing, I look around and find one. So, um, so uh, you know, I think from my point of view, she's one of the greatest ambassadors for for the sport. So I'd like to support her and always do. Was she she was happy with the news? Was she that you'd taken over control? Well, we had one called Scientist run the other day, and she thought it was going to be the next big thing. And um, I, I raced it with Coolmore, and um, and it ran third, and it was beaten by that that not a single doubt horse. And and I think that horse is a good horse. That not a single doubt that beat it the other day. And uh, when I was at the sales, I bought I bought the half sister to that, and um, I thought, oh well, at least I got something out of it. <laughs> And you, um, you're looking forward to the spring carnival. What else are you excited about? Libertine, he's got a little brother kicking around, hasn't he? Yeah, no. On, on Saturday, I've got Best of Bordeaux in the in the. Um, um, I, I had a part of that with Coolmore, and I bred yeah. it. It's another one I bred. Um, so I was, I um, and then I so I've got Best of Bordeaux running around. He'll he'll be the hot favourite in that race. And then on, on Sunday, I've got a YE5O. That's the brother to Libertini. I own half of that with John Singleton. I bred it and he, he uh, generously offered me a million for half. So I, I, thought, I thought I'll take that off him, which I did. <laughs> What's a million between mates? Well, we've got a deal where we put, it, we put in 10 million each. And um, it's... Um, the um, whoever dies first loses the ten, right? So, the, <laughs> so every time I see him, I look at him and think, I hope the bastard dies, right? And every time he sees me, he thinks the same way. So there's a twenty million jackpot in there. Uh, and, and the good thing about it, the good thing about it is, uh, the loser will never ever know he's the loser, which is wonderful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rain, hey, Rayman, we need to set a market on that. Who dies first, Singo or Jerry? I'll speak to the traders. We'll have to do a bit of form. Can you send us your health records, Jerry? We'll need to get to the bottom of this. How many days yeah. a week we play in tennis? Yeah. I try to play three times a week. Um, and Singo tries to do his exercise. He, he's... Um, I looked at him the other day and I thought he, he looks better than I was hoping. So um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that every time he gets sick or something like that, I I I cheer. I got really sick here a couple of weeks ago. So he rang me and he said, Oh mate, I'm coming down to see you. I said, You don't have to. Anyway, he came down, and he got his missus to make a big um, pot of 
vegetable soup. So he brought in enough he brought in enough vegetable soup to feed a bloody army. So I said, well, mate, I'm happy to have a bit, but I don't want much. Right? Anyway, it's a huge big pot. Anyway, I had a little bit and he said, You need lemons. You got a lemon tree here. I said, Yeah, okay. So he went down the back. I wanted one lemon too. He picked 30 lemons and cut them all up. Right? And he said, You gotta have lemons. So anyway, so I've got better. He's better. So we're both okay at the moment. And and it's one of those times when, when you know, we're both good, which is probably well, not good. I'm, 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 I'm suggesting that um, Singo might have laid off if he's oh, trying to get you better. No, it, I, he came down and watched me play tennis here three or four weeks ago because he brought his son down. He's got a 25-year-old son. He's a tennis player. So he said to me, I'm bringing the son down to beach. So anyway, I played the son and I beat the son. So then... That that wasn't good. That wasn't good, right? So he's he's gone away and he's thought he was oh shit, I might be in trouble. But I don't know, he's 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 knocked himself around a lot more than I did. I mean I I drank a lot and smoked a lot, and at about 35 I decided I'd try and be a decent human being and look after myself a bit better and that sort of thing. But he he took till till he was about 65. So he's He's uh, he's knocked himself around a lot more than me, and I didn't think he'd ever get to seventy. But he's now he's now turning eighty. I think he's eighty-one this year or something. So, but I'm eighty-three in another couple of weeks. So and you're knocking over twenty. You're knocking over twenty-five-year-olds on the serve and volley. Yeah, I was looking forward to having a go at you because I reckon I reckon that you wouldn't be too. I, I, no, we had a game once, didn't we? Up at up at yeah, the Byron, did. didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. And, yeah, yeah. and you were a you were a big hitter, and um, and um, you have a, a, a fair amount of ability, but you were very erratic, and um, but but you had the potential. If you played a bit more often, you'd probably be okay. You know. That was yeah. That was on the golf course. Yeah, yeah. We 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 smack it pretty far, but yeah, we're not not always accurate. No, you're a you're a uh, you're a natural sportsman that doesn't play sport. Yeah. He's like the barber's cat. He's full of wind and piss. Yeah. Well, and and I don't think he'll ever change, Moods. So we've worked out that you and Singo are both too miserable to die because it's going to cost one of you bastards ten million. What about trying to earn the punters a dollar on Saturday? What's Gay and Body's last word on alligator blood? Is he going to win us the Menzi? No, he's, he hasn't oh. had enough work. He's underdone, and it'll be just a barrier trial sort of thing. So. If he wins, it'll be a, it'll be uh, unexpected. But but if he runs a nice race and races home, we'll be looking forward to winning the Cox Plate. So, uh, but then there's that that thing that Cummings has got the Dolphin. It looks like it might win the Cox Plate. So we might dodge it. I don't know what we'll do. I don't know. <laughs> well, you've only owned it for a minute. You got time. You go and enjoy. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Moody on the Mic podcast. Anyway, I'm 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 um, I'm really honored. pleased that you were you were yeah I'm honoured that tell. you afforded me the opportunity to part of you to be part of your little team if only for a minute and I wish you all the best of luck okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what Jerry Harvey had to say when I edit this podcast because could not hear a word of what he said, but uh, it sure looked entertaining from yours and Moods' laughs, uh, Mitho. Thanks for for organising that one. Let's go to the Menzies Stakes where Alligator Blood is running. I have no idea what he said about. Uh, alligator blood's chances but give us a market right man 
Well, Jerry was uh, quick to talk down his chances in the Memsey on Saturday, Rod. So get a price. The punters uh, have got him right there in the mix. He's on the second line of betting at the moment. Only got a blood. He's six dollars. Western Empire, the railway stakes winner, is the five dollar fifty favourite. Elation is six dollars. Cascadia in the early market mover with Labrokes. He's seven fifty. I'm Thunderstruck's eight dollars fifty. Tafane's in the mix. It's a sensational addition of the Memsey Stakes. And I haven't even mentioned Lightsaber for our own Peter Moody, who's there at $41. But this is a just a terrific race, the Memsey Stake. There's so many different angles. I could talk about it for an hour, and I'll try not to. But Moody will cut up rough if you talk about it for longer than two minutes. So just get on with it. Exactly right. So I'll focus on the horse I really like, which is Tefane, who's now $7.50 with Labrokes. Uh, she's been not meant to be going to the breeding bar now two seasons in a row. Uh, now she's changed ownership. They're having another crack. And these Caulfield 1,400-metre races are just her go. 1,400 metres is her pet trip. She doesn't quite get a mile. They're a bit too sharp for her 1,200 metres, but she absolutely flies over 1,400 metres. Look at her run, her win in the CF4 Stakes earlier this year at Caulfield, 1,400 metres, which is basically the autumn equivalent of the uh, the Memsey Stakes. She was absolutely outstanding. We saw her last spring go toe-to-toe with the incentivised in the Maccabi Diva Stakes. So she has produced a string of high-running performances in the last 18 months, and you're getting $7.50 for her. She's a proven commodity, and you can't say necessarily the same thing about some of the other horses in this field, and she'll be making her own luck right on the speed there from Barrier 3. Like Western Empire is a very, very good horse. I think he'll win the Turak Handicap. I don't think he's there to win on Saturday. I think he's going to get a long way back from Barrier 12. He's going to be uh, have a, quite a task in front of him. So I think he'll be storming home late. I think he'll win another Group 1 this spring, but I don't think it'll be on Saturday. I think Alligator Blood is there to run well. He's the other horse. I'll definitely want to have something small. I know Jerry was a bit, thinks he's a bit underdone, but uh, a Gay Waterhouse uh, horse being underdone doesn't sound, just, doesn't sound too right to me. So I think he'll run well. And the other horse I want to have something on is Cascadian, who we saw trial really well behind Animo. Uh, he, he, last preparation, went to another level when he won the all-age stakes over 1,400 metres. He's there at 750. So Defane and Cascadian here for me, but this race will produce a host of winners this spring. There'll be countless Group 1 winners come out of this race. I think we mentioned Cascadian or Mytho did when he had lunch with the Godolphin crew uh, as 1-5 to five in the spring. I found it a really tough race, so I'm just going to go to someone who knows a little bit more than I do. I was down at Mick Price's uh, stables last Friday. He was bullish about elation. Whether that is still he's as bullish after the barrier draw, but given uh, how how confident he was going into this race, I am happy to go with the the horse we, we you know that doesn't have the same sort of exposed form as the others. But Alation uh, certainly uh, looks like he is top shelf. We'll find out on Saturday. I'll take about six bucks to find out, and um, and I'll and I'll, I'll uh, thank Mick Price afterwards. Yeah, well, I'm going to uh, stick with the, the uh, street corner tip that I got last week on Cascadian. Uh, you talk there, Rayman, about um, horses that uh, have been there, done that. Well, Cascadian's been to every dance the last five years and, and acquitted himself brilliantly. And if they reckon he's improved uh, from the autumn to the spring um, as, what is he now? How old? Uh, Eight-year-old eight gelding. Well, look out. The, the best is still to come for Cascadian. So I'm happy to cop that little whispery tip that I copped last week and and uh, copped the, what are we, eight bucks betting uh, Cascadian. So uh, that might do me for now. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be each way Cascadian. Yeah, what a hell of a race, isn't it? Uh, form lines from all over the place coming together here. Western Empire is the interesting horse. Uh, it'll be just great to get a look at him, this horse. He's 
rated through the roof on that Western Australian form. The first time we've seen him on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, could be a just one of those tricky seven furlong Caulfield races. If uh, Jai McNeil on Tafane, Ethan Brown on Snap Dancer, and Luke Nolan on Lake Sabre control the tempo like the three good jockeys they can, it might take away the dash out of these back markers here. Uh, how often have we seen these big races, one at Caulfield, one, two, three round the turn, and they hardly change their positions, and we see a lot of flashing runs. So the three on paces, I'm going to suggest you include them in any multiple that you have, Tafane, Snap Dancer, and uh, my horse, Lightsaber, because they might just get it soft, control it down the railway side, kick, and, you know, hold your breath the last 50 metres. Elation, you know, God, he's going to have to take a massive, massive ratings leap to win this race. But I respect my good mate, Mick Price. But, God, it's a massive leap from where he is to Group 1, wait for age. But Mick's obviously seen something there that hasn't been exposed publicly yet. And he was also quick to wrap his stablemate on Thunderstruck on Tuesday morning at Trackwork as well. So I'd be looking for a bit of value here. Sit back and watch it and learn. Like Rain Man said, there'll be a lot of good horses, a lot of group winners come out of this race Saturday. The answer's a pineapple. Yeah. Can't help you. I think the answer might be a pineapple. The Cockrum Stakes uh, is the race prior, Rayman. And there's a couple of picket fences here. Passive Aggressive, of course, uh, for Graham Begg. And Chain of Lightning for Peter Gordon Moody. Uh, how does the market see them? Yeah, this is the cracking edition of the, the Cockrum Stakes, Roger. One of the strongest we've seen in recent memory. Passive Aggressive is the $2.60 favourite. Been well back early with Labroke's punters. Isotope, who's been there about to group one level, $7.00. Chain of Lightning, four moods is $7.50. Graceful Girl, the winner bottom stakes win is $9.50. Uh, Flying Mascot's $9.50. And it shows the quality of this race. You have horses like Argentia, a one-time hype horse, $15. Zuzarella, $26. She's All Class, $34. There's a lot of uh, depth to this to this field. And uh, Passive Aggressive is going to need to be uh, at its best to, to win. But I think the big advantage that Passive Aggressive does have here is the speed map. Uh, he, uh, she makes her own luck right on the speed there. She's got early toe. Jordan Child's about to settle her right on the speed there. I think that's why she is the, the clear favourite. The best horse to come out of this race could be Graceful Girl because her win in the Winterbottom Stakes uh, in Perth last year was outstanding. But she's going to be uh, – she doesn't have a huge amount of early speed. She'll go a long way back from barrier 14. So she's going to need to be uh, very, very good to storm home. And then Chain of Lightning's right there. We haven't seen uh, – the, the best of her yet. Four wins from four race starts has done absolutely nothing wrong. I'd be interested to hear from Moods, uh, where, what were you thinking with tactics from Barrier 13 with Jamie Carr in the saddle? Well, listen, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Jamie Carr's a top-class rider. You don't tie her down, but, you know, she's riding in Philly that's third run in, fit, and you'd probably try and use that to your advantage. Passive-aggressive looks to get a soft lead in front. Chain of lightning drawn wide. You'd probably be silly not to look at the option and roll across and maybe try and sit outside <coughs> and uh, see if they can control the tempo. And, um, you know, a horse like Graceful Girl, another Group 1 wait for age winner, um, you know, she just rates so far superior to this field. If she brings her A game, um, you know, she's going to be very hard to hold out. I, I think the big tick passive-aggressive, if the ground is genuinely wet, I saw a trial on heavy ground at Cranbourne the other day and she just loved the mud. She just ate it up. If it's significantly wet, I don't think she can be beaten. 
if the track's getting back to a fair surface, um, you know, that opens it right up, doesn't it? Graceful Girl comes into it. Kiss on all four cheeks has got a brilliant fresh record. Flying Mascot, a brilliant fresh record. You know, bloody hell, it's a good race. It could be a Phillies and Mares Group 1 race, this. Uh, it's a terrific race. Chain of Lightning, my little girl, undefeated. God, we're going to find out where she sits in the food chain on Saturday. Uh, with the fitness on her side and uh, the possibility that she might be able to roll across and sit near the speed with the favourite, probably gives her a chance to run well also. So passive-aggressive on the wet, graceful girl on the dry, and God give strength to Chain of Lightning. I was really hoping Moods was going to, you know, push me into Chain of Lightning because I love the way she finished off, especially that last start win. But she's up. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with passive aggressive uh, here because she she does look something really really special. So uh, passive aggressive, but I, I I hope it's you up there getting the trophy, Moods, because uh, she she looks like she's an above average uh, uh, mare, Chain of Lightning. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with Argentia. I'm I'm sort of reading it a bit your way, everyone. Um, and to Moods' comment about Elation having to step up, I think Chain of Lightning's going to have to step up. We just spoke about it being a Group One class race, so um, I'm looking for the horse that's sort of looking to step up and go into that echelon. And Argentia has shown all the signs. Uh, she's two out of three first up. Um, her, her only failure first up was uh, her aborted spring three-year-old campaign where something went wrong and it probably went wrong in that race, to be perfectly honest. So um, I reckon Argentia, a uh, bit of residual fitness racing in the um, Adelaide Carnival. She'll be forward for this uh, and I think we'll see her true potential. She's bred by Frankel out of Princess Coop. She's bred to be a four-year-old mare, not 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 a two and three-year-old, and she was showing really good talent in her juvenile season. So um, I think Argentia could take it next level as a four-year-old mare, and I'm going to bank on that happening at um, the reasonable odds there, right, man? What were you giving me, Argentia? Fifteen dollars, Argentia. Four dollars the place. Yeah, each way all day, Argentia. All right, let's go to the. Uh... Now we'll go to the boys' race, the McNeil Stakes, the three-year-olds. This is a good point toward the Caulfield Guineas. Uh, and Rayman Afcabin was, uh, well, a real eye-catching run there at Sandown, last start winning by six lengths. Uh, I'd imagine the markets uh, hasn't missed that one. No, I certainly hasn't missed it, Rog. It is the favourite here, Afcabin. It is $3. Jackano, who we saw run well in the Blue Diamond Stakes, $5.50. Dormier, the Blue Diamond Stakes winner, is $7. Zambagini, undefeated for Matt Laurie, also $7. Then you got crosswinds, also undefeated. Scratch to the McKenzie Stakes, save for this race, is $10. Uh, really interesting affair, this one. Af Cavan, as you said, Rog, was very, very good the other day. But uh, another horse, it's still got to – this is a, a step up in quality, this this Group 3 contest. It's still going to need to to take another step to win this contest. And I think Domier's sort of been somewhat of a, a forgotten horse here. And you're getting $7 for a, a horse that won a, a Blue Diamond Stakes in, in pretty impressive fashion and then went to uh, went to Sydney and did not run poorly on the heavy trucks there at all. But if you look at his dry truck form, it is absolutely sensational. So I'm with Dormier here to, to win this race at, at $7. And uh, upstage is – they're not stable mates because uh, Dormier is with uh, Freeman. But 
they are uh, it's another Godolphin runner. So Dormier, the horse uh, for me. I think you can spe- expect to see Jackano flashing late. Uh, Barrier two's a bit of trouble for him. I'm not sure that. Uh, Caulfield's his track. And I think from barrier two, he's going to have a wall of horses in front of him. But, well, I think there's a, a good horse there. But this is, a, again, another really interesting race. And uh, uh, just on a card, absolutely stuck full of them at Caulfield on Saturday. It's it's a, a card for the ages. I agree with you, Ray, man. I, I think Dormier as well. But, it, it, I mean, we always say how much do we read into that two-year-old form. But he looked like he, he is a good horse. We've just got to take it he's come back well. And we don't know much about Afcabra, but he could easily come out and blow him away. And we go, oh, well, there's the Corporal Guineas. But um, for the price, I think the $7 looks a lot more appealing for uh, for Dormier. He is a proven performer at the top level, albeit at the two-year-old level. Yeah, it's it's an intriguing race because we will find out what that two-year-old form looks like, won't we? With uh, a few of these horses that um, had had you know better than serviceable two-year-old uh, careers. We're talking about a Blue Diamond winner in this being uh, third or fourth pick in the market. So um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not the new the new boom horse arrives in Aft Cabin, who's come off. Let's let's face it, it's a midweeker at Sandown. You're not talking about. Uh, you know, Group One races is at two. Um, there's a horse right down in the market that I want to have a speculative bet on in this race because I just want to have a little investment just for the for the fun of it, um, and I reckon everything's got a chance. I'm going to have ten bucks each way on Atlantis Tycoon. Uh, it's a horse that I know the stable's got a massive opinion of, uh, and Danny O'Brien, uh, Damien Thornton to ride. Um, trial up the straight. I was there uh, for that trial up the straight at Flemington uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago and happened to just nose out a horse called Duel in that jump out down the straight. And uh, look, we, we, we our horse Duel wasn't fully wound up and it was only his first trial. I think it was Atlantis Tycoon second. But um, speaking to the, the connections after the trial, they, they said this horse has got a massive motor. He's a very good horse and we've got him right where we need him. So at the, what do you bet me, uh, Rain Man, about Atlantis Tycoon? $41 the win, eight fifty the place. I am, I'm, yeah, well, actually I'll change my bet. I'll be five bucks a win, $15 the place, Atlantis, Atlantis Tycoon and uh, watch for the, the, uh, the fluoro colours screaming down the outside. Once again, a very interesting race. Um, Aft Cabin, uh, God, the raps are big, aren't they? But, uh, you know, he's another one that's got to take a quantum leap uh, off a midweek maiden. Uh, I've got to stick with the toppy here, Dormier. Um, I know he did a bit of racing, but, uh, you know, his Blue Diamond win was terrific. Uh, he probably did nothing wrong subsequently on very ordinary tracks. Back to Caulfield, the scene of his best win, uh, I think he'll be very hard to hold out. My horse, he's heaven. He's looking for a bit further than 1,200 metres. He might be a little bit one-paced in this grade, looking for him when he gets up to 1,400 or a mile. But I'm with the top weight, Dormier. I think, uh, you know, the others have got to catch him. They may do, but he's the benchmark at the moment. All right, let's head up to Sydney now. The San Domenico Stakes and another race, Rayman, where uh, we're looking to which two-year-old form do we, uh, do we look at uh, going in here and what does the market tell us? Well, I've got a clear favourite here, as uh, Jerry Harvey touched on earlier. He's got Best of Bordeaux in this field, 
who is the, the $2.50 favourite. The early market mover with Ludbrokes is Natuno. He is $8 into $6 for Tony Gollan. Spacewalk, who threw away a win in the Rosebud, is $7.50. The horse that beat him that day is Zuccarino, who's $8.50. And you've got uh, a lot of other lightly raced uh, unbeaten horses here. Promito is $15. Cannonball's got a good record, $26. So once again, you've got a lot of lightly raced uh, three-year-olds here. But uh, Bessel Bordeaux was uh, he was outstanding basically during the his uh, autumn campaign. And the thing I like about Bessel Bordeaux is that he did it on a good track as well. He's one of the only two year olds that actually had a race start on on a good track. He won on a soft track on debut. He came out and then uh, won on a on a good racing surface. Uh, and then was uh, gallant in defeat in a Golden Slipper where he finished second behind Fireburn, beat home Cool and Gatter. So. Uh, I like the fact he's had that exposure on the uh, on the good racing surface, and we just can't call him a, a, a soft track specialist. So we know he's got early speed. James McDonald is engaged. He'll go forward, and he's going to give his rivals something to catch here. So I think if there's any of the two-year-olds that really performed in that in that highest level during the spring that can really go on with the job, uh, I think it is best of Bordeaux, and uh, I think he's definitely the horse to beat here in the San Domenico Stakes. I think it might be a pineapple for me in this one because I, I like Spacewalk. Uh, I, I know it threw it away last week, but if he doesn't throw it away, I, I think he's in this. And it's $7, uh, $7.50 just appeals to me a little bit more than the two fifty about Best of Bordeaux. But he could really stand himself as, as, as the horse with a win here on the weekend. But I'm going to take $7 about Spacewalk. Although Ebha, down on the minimum, I know she's running out of chances. But uh, at 54 kilos, I just feel like she's got a... Decent race in her, and at 20 to 1, I might just have a little fiver on there, uh, thinking that maybe she can pull one out uh, this weekend. But um, yeah, look, best of all, but Joe's going to be hard to beat, but I'm going to take 758 bucks about uh, Space Walk. I'm with uh, the John O'Shea Zuccarino. I was really impressed with it in the uh, Run to the Roses, wasn't it, uh, a couple of weeks ago? Um, it, for, to do what it did at its second only race start was. Bloody impressive, I'd have to say. It had to search for a run, dive up the inside, then search for a run, force its way through a needle-eye opening and hit the line with its nose down first. Um, I, I was particularly impressed with uh, the way that Snitzel Colt um, did that job. So um, I reckon at the double each way quote, uh, Zuccarino for me, uh, drawn one, Abdullah, um, we'll handle the conditions depending on what are we predicting in Sydney for track conditions, uh, Rainman, of your forecast forward? Yeah, it looks like it's probably be around a, a soft five, a soft six, maybe a five. Oh, that's a rock hard track for Sydney. Yeah, exactly Pretty, right. Yeah, yeah fair, fair racing. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think at the odds, Zuccarino, best of Bordeaux's tried well and looks like it, it could be a, a spring star. Um, it might be a it, it might be a star, but I'm I'm happy to look on at the six to four and uh, and look for value. Yeah, I'm sticking with the class factor here. Best of Bordeaux, I think Barry in a box, uh, brilliant speedster. His form at Rose Hill's been impeccable, isn't it? Um, you know, and the run and the slipper was super. Just run down late by uh, Fireburn, so uh, for me, he's on top. I re respect Zuccarino and respect the fitness factor. Uh, coming into this third run, that could possibly, I think, be the only undoing of Best of Bordeaux. But uh, no, he's clearly on top.
The Valley Roar is officially back, and from just $175, there has never been a better time to become a Mooney Valley Racing Club member. The Valley's rocking and the world is knocking! Experience a centenary of legendary at the 2022 Ladbrokes Cox Plate, Australia's best race, electric night racing, and the return of the All-Star Mile to the Valley. Get access to the best seats in the house in the Members' Reserve and a free drink and race book at every race meeting. Amazing times await. Join today at thevalley.com.au. Been an absolutely marvellous day to play so far here today. Thundering in from the whiskey offload from the front row. Huh? Oh, he's been hit! Oh, this is this is kicking. Vorog superimposed Almiranda. Tailor your betting experience by switching off the markets you don't want to bet on. Turn off the markets, not the fun, with Labbrook's market control, exclusive to punter assist. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 858 all righty, best bets, as we mentioned, we don't like to highlight the fact we went zero from four last week with two seconds. Um, Rayman, you and I need to go one better. The other two have got a bit of work, but uh, where are you headed? I'm heading to the last race at Caulfield on Saturday, Rog, the Heatherly. I'm with race nine, number nine, Jimmy the Bear. Uh, There's a lot of good horses in this field. Uh, Moods has got Spanish Mission. You've got Delphi, Chapada, Charlie Rose, but... All these horses have got bigger fish to fry later in the spring, while Jimmy the Bear has been up and racing, has got the clear fitness edge. And uh, in a rare rarity for the for the Patrick Payne camp, it's a, a, a fast horse that seems to like to run fast. They put it into the race, and uh, he's just been winning. He's won four of his last five. I think he can win again on Saturday. He's $5. I think just the fitness edge gives him – I'm not sure he's the best horse in this race, but he's the best horse suited for the conditions on Saturday, and I think it'll be really tough to beat. That's Caulfield, race nine, number nine, Jimmy the Bear. I don't mind El Rocco in race three with a bit more fitness under his belt. Just missed last week at around $6, so an each-way price. But a very, very smart stable insider told me uh, a few weeks ago to follow Lady of Honour this spring. Now, she was um, a little bit disappointing first up, but there wasn't a no go and get on first up. Uh, she just didn't quicken uh, in the end there. But I'm forgiving that. I'm taking the advice. Lady of Honour in uh, race two at Caulfield, number five. And I think you're getting a pretty good price there, Raymond. I think it's about, well, she's about five bucks or somewhere around that mark. Yeah, a little early money, Rog. She's been five into $4.50, but I, I'm keen as well. She was extremely well-backed uh, first up and definitely had excuses. And the rating was actually quite good. It was better than it looks on paper. So she's one of my best better today as well. Well, while we're talking about, uh, you know, stable tips and, and pushes in the right direction, uh, Bit of a light old uh, Saturday for Rosemont. So um, I'm going to stick with a camp that I've followed pretty closely and I know a little bit about. And race four, number 14 at Caulfield, a horse called I Wish I Win for PG Moody and J Carr. And uh, I've just got a sneaky feeling that uh, Pete's just been twirling that new moustache that he's been developing the last couple of weeks. Can't wait to get this horse to the races uh, in his ownership, I believe. Uh, for the first time. So a uh, horse out of New Zealand that he might tell us a little bit about uh, when he gets to his best bets and his moody runners for the weekend. But uh, what are we betting there? I wish I win race four, right, man? $6.50 for I wish I win. Another uh, very open race, but right there in the market. 
Oh, I think we can uh, we can trim that up a little once the uh, Moody on the Mic uh, punters have had a little play. And just a little sneaky, if you're listening on Thursday before the sports, uh, race five, I think it is, maybe race six. Uh, I better check that. Um, a horse for the uh, Rosemont. Race six it is, uh, number 10, Buse, named after the great Andrew Buse. Is, uh, we've just gone lowbrow. We think he's a class cop and could feature in some of the the spring sprints um, when we get to the business end of the spring carnival. But uh, Mick Price and Mick Kent thought just the easy way home at the moment. We've gone to a benchmark 64 after he won his maiden on debut. Um, he's a very classy horse and they're betting about 460 at Ladbrook. So uh, help yourself to a bit of that if you're listening early. All right, oh, uh, the little boutique stable. We've got a few in at Caulfield. It's uh, been a happy hunting ground for us uh, over the years. Uh, quick rundown of the runners, race three, horse 13, attractable, in good form. If the track stays uh, in that sort of soft five range, he'll be very, very competitive once again. Just found the 1,200 sh too short last time. Uh, as Anthony said, race four, number 14, I wish I win. Uh, he's a nice horse, this bloke. First run for the stable uh, from the famed Waikato stud in New Zealand. I was able to secure a little toenail and... Uh, get him over here to Australia. He's got nice form references. And I know Luke Nolan was happy to try and cut both legs off to ride the 54 kilos. But unfortunately, just out of his range, and we've got a pretty handy replacement in Jay Carr. I think he runs well. Race five, we've got horse five. He's heaven. Lovely cult, but won't want a little further than the 1,200. In race six, Oxley Road, one of my favourites. He's dead set flying, this cult. If he takes his place, like I said at Mooney Valley last week when I withdrew him, he will run a hell of a race in what is a very good, strong, competitive race. Drawn wide, but I think it sets up pretty good for him, the speed map. Uh, race seven, the Cockrum. Uh, the unbeaten chain of lightning puts her record on the line here. I think she'll give a very good sight. Once again, drawn wide, but probably doesn't map too bad in a race where passive-aggressive is the only speed and the favourite. I think she probably gets a chance to roll over and maybe sit outside that mare match motors with her and uh, see which one is the better horse. But it is a bloody good race. In the Memsey, we've got Lightsaber, stable favourite. Uh, seven furlongs, Caulfield. He loves the track and trip. He'll race on the pace and probably a nice each way hope. And in the final race of the day, we've got our Melbourne Cup hopeful, Spanish Mission. Got the massive impost of 63 and a half, but he is the class horse of the field. But listen, he'll go back in a race that appears to be lacking in speed. Just want to see him run through the line nice and strong. Uh, pretty big day for a little boutique stable, Rain Man, you'd have to say there. A very big day. Just about got the entire card covered. So uh, plenty of interest. And if we can get a couple of Moody runners home at a price there for the punters, they're going to finish well in front. Mate, if we can get a couple of Moody horses to run, that'll be a start. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, we've just got to hope this uh, inclement weather in Victoria finds up uh, somewhat for us because most of them probably aren't at their best on soft ground. But I've probably got to stick with Mitho there. He's let the cat out of the bag. And race four, horse number 13, uh, 14, I wish I win, is probably the best from the camp this weekend. But if they do take their spots, keep an eye on Attractable and Oxley Road. They'll run extremely well. And I'm very excited about Chain of Lightning in probably what would probably would nearly arguably have to be the best edition of the Cockrum Stakes, certainly in my career. Great racing. Good luck, punters. And let them run fast. Let broke it.